welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 246. And first off, thanks very much to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, though, we've got our last game of the season to review. The game that turned out to be Joby's last game in charge. More coming up on that later in the show. And as always, we'll cover the week that was. We just want to make sure that you didn't miss anything in that week. Because actually, as it turned out, uh, it was a fairly busy week since we last recorded. So let's crack on. Without further ado, for the penultimate time this season, a word about our sponsor. Absolutely. Well, let's do this then. So our sponsors, as you probably know by now, are AJF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And you must know this by now, the best part is, is that they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you want to find out more about the wonderful AJF Plastering you can go and visit their website at www.ajfplastering.co.uk or if you want some prices or more info and you don't um, have the internet, but you must have, if you're going to do this, you can email the boys at ajfplastering.outlook.com and if you're on social media, why not give the chaps a follow on Facebook and on Instagram at ajfplastering and if you're on Twitter, go and look for big ads with a Z, L-O-F-C, and head honcho Adam Francis, his Twitter account, will be waiting for you. So a massive thank you from us to AJF Plastering, the best in the business. Wow, you've, done, you've excelled yourself. Well done uh, on, on that. So one piece of AOB for you guys this week. I hope, uh, hope people have uh, not missed this, but congratulations to Orient defender Adam Thompson, who became a father for the first time earlier this week so congratulations Adam welcome to the club it's an amazing amazing thing and hopefully your recovery is going well as well great stuff so let's move on into a very busy week that was down at Leighton Orient starting on Coulson Monday the 3rd of May quiet day at the club it was bank holiday Monday as you'll remember no news to report on this one yeah, so that then leaves us moving on to, to Huey Tuesday, the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. It was Star Wars Day for those in the know. It was a day of plaudits. It started with Lawrence Vigarou being named as the Skybet League, sorry, in the Skybet League 2 team of the week for the last previous round of fixtures. So for some reason, they're not as prompt as what you would have expected. So well done to Lawrence Vigarou. And also, no disrespect to Vigrou, but he conceded three goals in that game. Fair enough, he saved the penalty, but it's not often you'll see a keeper who concedes three goals and still named in the team of the week. So well done to Vigrou. <laughs> and that wasn't the only award to be announced that day as the club's end-of-season award winners were announced. So we'll go through these one by one. I guess we can give some of our views on them, but not too much because we have our own very awards coming up uh, this week. So first of all, Player of the Year voted for by the fans was Lawrence Vigarou. So well done there, yeah. Mr Vigarou. Yeah, and that wasn't the only award he won. And, and just to mention, the, the, the Carlisle keeper conceded two goals and he didn't and saved the penalty and he didn't get in the team of the week. So wonder what's happened there. Um 
Goal of the season voted for by the fans again was Connor's goal for his goal against Carlisle United. And what a superb goal that was. Yeah, well done there to Connor Wilkinson. Moving on to managers, player of the year. Again, this one went to Lawrence Vigaru. So well done to Vigaru on that one. And he went for his hat trick as he was also named the player's player of the year. Well done. Well done Again, to him for that. Take yeah. it, taking the hat trick there of big awards. The captain's player of the year was given to James Brophy. So well done well to James done Brophy. Well done to James. Yeah, young player of the year was Hector Kiprianu. Brilliant. Well done, Hector. And youth team player of the year was Anthony Papadopoulos. So well done to Anthony, a name who I'm sure we'll be hearing about more in the upcoming season. Yeah, staff members of the year. Well, first team staff member was Joe Austin, so he's the analyst. So well done to Joe. And also uh, up in the offices, Lucy Freeman. So well done to both of you guys. Yeah, and the award ceremony was finished with the PFA Community Champion, which was given to Joby McEnough. So well done to all the winners there. I mean, most of them look right to me. Shame to see Danny Johnson not win anything. He's had a pretty decent season um, and comes away empty-handed. So commiserations there to Danny, but you never know if he may win something in our own very award. So, yeah, nice to see the club get that one out nice and early. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point that Danny Johnson scores nearly what, 18, 17, 18 goals in a season and doesn't win a single award. I mean, that's pretty... I don't know what to say about that. I mean, Lawrence Figaro has been outstanding, so it's tough, stiff competition, really, I guess, in that regard. But fair enough, we move on then to Wednesday the 5th of May, and it was a very happy 29th birthday to Orient midfielder Craig Clay. Happy yeah, birthday, happy mate. birthday. Yeah, so let's move on to Thursday, the 6th of May. So another busy day. And as you all probably know, or should do, that was 15 years to the day since we got promoted away at Oxford in that magical game where the O's went up and Oxford went down courtesy of a last-minute Lee still goal that sent everyone who was there into absolute raptures. Absolutely. I was there. It was an amazing day. Uh, Plymouth Argyle announced that captain and XO Gary Sawyer will retire at the end of the season. And while Argyle are no friends of ours, Gary was an excellent service to us, servant to us uh, during his time here. Uh, and we wish him well in his post-football life. Good luck to you, Gary, and thanks for everything you did while you were with the Orient. Nicely done. It's sad now. It's, I guess we're of an age where, you know, that fabulous 13-14 season, a lot of those players were either dropping out of the Football League or they're retiring. We, talk, we spoke about Vince Lowe last week hanging up his boots. Sawyer's another one. So sad to see that most of that team now aren't, aren't no longer around due to age. So very sad. But that wasn't well, the biggest news. Well, Gary Sawyer's injured. Yeah, I think his injuries have, have made him decide to retire, whereas Romain Vince Lowe was an age thing. Yeah. So, like we were saying, big, big announcement on this day came at three o'clock as the club announced that Harry Kane has renewed his shirt sponsorship for next season. So, the charity that would adorn the home shirt is Tommy Club, which is run by the RBLI, which is the Royal British Legion Industries, who provide care, support, and employment to armed forces veterans and disabled people with barriers 
to work. So obviously lots of headlines um, about it. It's great to see Harry Kane still involved with the Orient. I've got to say, on the original picture of Harry Kane holding up the shirt, I wasn't too impressed by it. But since seeing it back on the standalone picture with a white background, it actually looks much better. And I've got to say, I like the neck or the look of the neck mm. on this shirt. I'm very much a neck person uh, when it comes to football shirts. And I mentioned it last season, the three necks on these season shirts were poor at best. The red one is just doesn't know what it wants to be. The black one doesn't know whether it wants to be a rounded neck or a V-neck. And the white one just... I can't even work out what it's supposed to be. So a nice red rounded neck on this season's shirt. I definitely need to see it in person before making my mind up fully. But, you know, great to see more charities involved. Great to see Harry Kane involved again. And it will get the club publicity and decent shirt sales, which is, I guess, what, what they're after. Yeah, absolutely. No, good good shout on that. I mean, it's it's amazing that Harry's done this again and, and absolute kudos to him. What a guy. Uh, the shirt... It's a bit meh for me. I'm not sure I'll be getting the home one. I'll wait and see what the away and the third one are. Or maybe I I won't get one and I'll I'll get something else in the the shop. I I haven't quite made my mind up yet. So I'm going to wait and see what the away and the third kit uh, look like before. But take your point about... Um, the neck as well it is it is a good neck on 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 the shirt. I remember I, I was going having a sort out at home uh, over the weekend, and uh, I came across a bunch of my old Orient shirts. And uh, there was the one where we had Raynham Steel as the sponsor with the white blue away shirt, long sleeve with the sort of white stroke grey sash that went across that. We had the red for the home and the blue for the away. And I remember Hartlepool had the blue for the home. Um, and that was that had a collar to it. I quite like that one as well. I think we had a Puma one as well with a betting company on the front of it that had a collar to it. I quite like them. They look quite smart. Nice. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see what the other two shirts bring us. So, as you'd expect, loads of views coming in about the shirts to us at Orient Outlook podcast towers we'll mention a few man unexplained so it's a good sponsor and that is what makes the shirt unique the tommy logo it's not a fashion item it's a football shirt <laughs> len m4 said sponsors great but the actual kit does seem a bit bland surprised they didn't go down the braces home kit given this season's popularity record blue apps not a massive fan but it's a charity kit and will do would like to see us in white shorts again to bring back me to my youth. Good point there. I, you know, when we were kids going, it was the white shorts with the red yeah. shirt, which I remember. Yeah, yeah. Not a bad shirt there, Mister Blue. Uh, El Coado said a simple design, but nothing wrong with that. Love that we have charities on the front again this year. Yeah, and Saltrio said I like it. Simple crew neck shirt with a great charity sponsor. That's the best home shirt for many a year in my opinion so mostly divided but lots of positives to come out of that one as you would expect so let's move on into Mooney Friday the 7th of May and last week's heroes of the week the youth team were in action and this week they beat Portsmouth 3-2 so well done there to the young O's absolutely outstanding they are doing very very well in their last couple of games I think it was a 5-1 and now a 3-2 so well done uh, to them Josh Coulson announced on Twitter that he's leaving the club after four years with us. Steve, you've got his his statement. I have. He said, I just want to thank everyone who has played a part in my four seasons at the club. The last two seasons haven't been what I wanted 
but that 2018-19 season will live with me forever. I've made some amazing friendships at this club that I will cherish. Thank you to those fans that have supported me and the team through thick and thin. Now, looking forward to a new challenge, of course. Yeah. Good man. Beautifully done. Yeah, good man. He's a... Yeah, unfortunately, I think this is going to be the first of many. And sadly, I don't think we'll be naming a stand or a bar after him. But he's been a fantastic servant to our club. Absolute top, top guy. Funny guy, decent guy, good guy. And I wish him and his family all the best for the future. Going to, you know, bumped into his dad a few times on the uh, on the terraces, a couple of away games and so on. Um, thoroughly nice people and uh, gutted to not have characters like him in the dressing room. But I guess... The time has come for us to to move forward, and I guess we're you know looking at alternative options there now. And I hope Josh finds something suitable for him, you know, close enough to his home, really, uh, whether that's in League Two or the National League, but just something that 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 suits him, really. Yeah, I think everyone, you know, I don't think many people will have a bad word to say about Josh Corson's time at Leighton Orient. I think that promotion season. And that's what he will ultimately be remembered for. And in that season, he was immense. He scored some vital goals, made some vital blocks. One of the most important players in that team, um, bar none. I think he, you know, he'll be the first to agree. He's had a tough last two seasons, as most of the players have had. To be fair, who who got the team out of the national league and the circumstances that some of those guys have had to play, and I wouldn't wish on anyone. So he should always be respected. And sad to see he can't have a big send off because even though he's not had, you know a lot of football this season had we been there at the final home game of the season and he would have done the farewell round the pitch he would have got an absolutely amazing reception from the fans and you know he would have got cries of the super forehead and that Josh Coulson song which we absolutely love which you know we'll never sing again by the looks of it so very very sad so lots of tweets that came into us upon Josh leaving Essex Biss said thank you Josh Monday Will, awesome, will always be Coulson Monday. I wish you all the best for the future. So that's obviously in regards to us naming Monday as Coulson Monday because Josh Coulson signed for Leighton Orient on a Monday. So don't worry about that, Josh. Mondays will always be Coulson, Coulson Monday. Monday. Absolutely. And and it's a great point that you make there, Steve. Like All these players that have been with us for four years, I mean, that's really rare in football these days that you have someone with you for more than two years, never mind four years and four seasons with so many highs and lows. I mean, you just couldn't write a book about it unless it had actually happened. And I think it's such a shame that none of us are there for them when they do that walk around. I mean, obviously, the walk around the pitch, the clap at the end wouldn't have been the same given the circumstances of how we ended the season. But for those players like Josh Coulson, like James Dayton, for example, who have been with us and clearly, you know, I don't know that James Dayton has or hasn't been offered a contract. No one's actually told me that, but I'm going to assume that James Dayton, for example, is going to probably be one of those that's going to be leaving the club as well. So kind of like the last sort of lot, if you like, that have been with us um, through our National League era, um, and they're not going to get that fan send-off that they a- absolutely deserve. And I don't know how the club will look to redress that or whether they would look to do that at all. But I hope that these guys will come back to, to the club at some point in the future, watch a game and, and be given a clap at half-time or something because I think they absolutely deserve it for what they did to help us get back on our feet and get back to where we where we are now, really. Um 
Joe Jessner, 16, said we would still be in the National League without this guy, no question. I'm wishing the absolute best. I didn't take a prompt from that. I hadn't actually read that tweet before I said what I said, Joe. So sorry, I've kind of <laughs> stolen your thoughts there. Absolutely outrageous, Mr. Levy. Ed, <laughs> but it's Joe's my podcast and I'll do what I like. <laughs> Ed Joe's 1976 said, all the shot away, that will stick with me for a long time. Thank you, Josh Coulson, once and oh, so obviously that loses. I think. I think if I remember rightly, he scored a brace away all the shot. He won the game two one on the, one of the last games of that season, which was a pretty vital game. So, you know, the super forehead of Joshy Coulson coming up trumps in that game. Absolutely, Magnus Pugner said, as a fan, he seemed what we would expect from a player playing with heart and passion, giving all for the shirt. Best wishes in your next steps. That is an excellent tweet. Yes. Something, unfortunately, we haven't seen some of the players do this season. Yes. One of the reasons, and I hope we have Josh on the podcast to talk about this, one of the reasons that we took to him so quickly is that every game he was throwing his body on the line. And there's some players who fit into the way of Orion very quickly, and there's some players who don't. And I think even from Josh Coulson's first or second game, because if you remember, he was on loan with us. Do you remember? for the first part of his career with Orient and we all wanted to sign him straight away um, because he just embodied everything Leighton Orient was about. He had the spirit, he had the versatility, well, the, you know, the toughness, the versatility of being a defender who could do good in the air and on the ground. So, yeah, he was a perfect fit, perfect fit for Leighton Orient. Yeah, I, I don't remember him signing on loan for us, to be honest. That's yeah, a great... he was on loan until, until Jan, yeah. Right, fair play. Fair play. Uh, yeah, next one. Better late than never. Thanks, Josh Coulson, for a beautiful for that beautiful forehead and for all the great memories. You will always be an LOFC legend. Good luck. And Gary Talbot seven tweets a great player came in at our lowest ebb and never went missing up there with any of our central defenders of the last thirty five years. All the best to him. So, yeah, from us to you, Josh Coulson. Well done. Hopefully, we'll get you on the pod very soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. He signed on the 28th of July uh, on loan for six months, and then we signed him in January uh, 2018. Yeah, good, good memory there. It seems like he's been he just joined us permanently. So fair play. Saturday the 8th of May then to stop me rambling on about Josh Coulson signing for us on loan to start with. <laughs> the main event of the day was Salford City away, and before the game, as we have done for the other. 45 games this season we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought we'd get on in this match and after 249 I think that must be a career high for us in a season in 24 hours we had 249 votes in 24 hours you voted as follow 15% thought we'd draw I think someone I think 20% of those people have been on the beer the night before when they voted for that thought we'd win and 65% had had an early night and voted lose. And as always, thank you for all your votes, not just today, but throughout the season. It will be back next season. It is something we do uh, like to do. So thank you to everybody who's taken a second to vote, win, lose or draw. Yeah, absolutely. Echoing what you said there, bearded legend. So as always with Orient, there was more drama to be had before the game even kicked off. As all these two matches were scheduled for a 3 pm kickoff. But in typical O's fashion, there was heavy rainfall in Salford, there was a pitch inspection, and the game's kickoff time was pushed back by an hour to kick off 
at 4pm. So the team was actually announced at 3pm when all the other games were kicking their season off to an end. So the team was announced with Lawrence Vigaru in goal, Sam Ling, Tunji Akinola, Dan Happy and Joe Willison of the back four. Central midfield of Hector Kipriano and Usise with Kemp, Brophy, Lou Dennis and Connor Wilkinson making up the rest of the starting eleven. And on the bench we had Sam Sargent, Jaden Sweeney, Matt Young, Craig Clay, Nick Freeman, Ruel Sotiriou and Danny Johnson. That meant there were two changes for the team who started against Carlisle Samling and Hector Kipriano came in for Jamie Turley and Joby McEnough. Steve, your views on that one? I had a hunch that that lineup was to be the starting lineup. So obviously we're on Fan Hub. I got 11 out of 11. Watching um, Joby's um, pre-match interview, he mentioned that Turley basically wasn't going to be playing. So that kind of gave the defence away. And I had a feeling after McEnough's emotional farewell at the end of Carlisle that he weren't going to be playing in this one which kind of meant the midfield wrote themselves and up top I just thought it was going to be the same but you know I would have loved to have seen Danny Johnson play in the two with Connor just for this game mm. just so we could said you know we could have bought t-shirts saying I, I watched a 4-4-2 this season but <laughs> wasn't to be um, shame Best yeah crap, I mean you look at it and you go You've got two youngsters there in Sweeney and Young, which I understand, but yet no Coulson and Dayton. And I think there's a few tweets that we'll, we'll come to um, on that. Also, no Abrahams on the bench either. So looking looking at youth and maybe a last hurrah for, for the likes of, you know, Freeman, who, again, I don't want to single him out, but been absolutely disappointing for me. Mm, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree with you more on, on, on Freeman. Shame, because on paper, he's exactly the type of player that we wanted. But then I guess it's not that he's been bad and everyone else has been amazing. Everyone's been bad. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's, it's reflective of the squad. So there's something not right that's not been right behind the scenes, I reckon, for quite some time. I had about nine out of the 11 correctly predicted. It's, it, and I agree with you, it is a shame that likes of Josh Coulson, James Dayton, don't get a final goodbye in an orange shirt. But... I guess you can't be sentimental when it comes to league fixtures. I guess if you start making too many changes and, and it impacts on potentially Salford going into the playoffs, questions will be asked and I, you know, it, it's treated with the respect and fairness that it, that it needs to be as a football league fixture. Um, so I, I kind of get it, but I just think from a sentimental perspective to have Josh and James and, and, and even Tristan come on for, for, I don't know, 10-20 minutes at the end wouldn't have been such a bad thing. Well, I couldn't have done any worse, could they? But let's obviously no. not do any spoilers, but I'm sure everyone knows how this one turned out. So lots of tweets when that team was announced. Dan Alton 2590 said the same again. The last three games have been tremendous, so why not? Yeah, Orient Liam said, couldn't even honour the lads that are leaving. Disgraced that Coulson, Dayton and the likes aren't even in the squad. I think that caused a lot of debate, didn't it, where, you know, people were saying, well, you know, if you played, say Coulson played and ends up, you know, getting a bad injury, it could scupper his chances of getting a deal elsewhere. So you've got to look at it from both angles. And there was lots of talk about whether he was fit or not. You know, he was, Josh Coulson was fit, but not what you would say match fit. So he wasn't carrying an injury, but he wasn't fit enough to, to, to probably play a league game of football. Yeah. Precisely. I mean, yeah, he, he he could have played ten, twenty minutes of a game, couldn't he? Let's let's be honest. They all could. They all could have done in a final goodbye. Yeah, they could have done. But yeah. again, is, is is it worth them taking taking that risk? But, yeah, because they could you know, have got injured. So 
broke a leg and then they're done for the seat, then they're done for next most of next season, aren't they? When contracts aren't going to be flying off off desks and, out, and in, into agents' hands, are they? So yeah, it's one of those where is it worth taking the risk? The answer to that is probably not. Yeah, you're right. I think Oli Sonnenfeld, so maybe I'm reading too much into this, but this probably gives us an indication as to who hasn't signed a new contract. Surely you'd play the likes of Clay otherwise. So I presume Clay and Johnson are off, question mark. I have to say, I think you're probably right there, Oli. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you on that as well. I think it would be a sweeping change across the board and there will be people that don't want to stay next season for whatever reason. Molly Folly 2019 said, lost faith in Joby with this ineffective 4-2-3-1 system. It's worrying that DJ is on the bench again. A chance to placate unhappy fans with a 4-4-2 finish spurned. But at least Brophy is not at left back. Thank goodness we've reached the last game of this horrendous season. And Wilco 300 tweeted saying, hoping to see Hector demand the ball. I felt he's been hiding a bit of late. So thanks to all the tweets we got pre-match. The match did finally kick off with at four o'clock with Yo's looking to end their season on a high against a Salford team who could possibly still make the playoffs dependent on results going their way. Yeah, they could have done. Um, but obviously, spoiler alert, thankfully they didn't. Um, there was an early chance for Orient as James Brophy cut back to Connor Wilkinson and he tried an effort to beat Haladki in the goal, but Haladki was wise to it and ended up catching that one. That's as good as this game's going to get. <laughs> Just warning. It's not going to get any better than that. So seven minutes later, Salford were awarded a penalty as a long ball from the back was flicked on, led to Dan Happy bringing down Ian Henderson, who had gone behind him as he was bearing down on goal. The referee pointed straight to the spot, so a penalty for Salford. Yeah, what is going on there, Dan Happy? That is a penalty all day long. And it's not the first time it's happened, is it? We've been talking about this. It's happened in, uh, I don't know, three out of four games, maybe. Three in five. It's just too much of a regular occurrence. And, and it's only happened in the last, I don't know, three or four or five weeks, maybe. It's not been a regular. It's, it, it's something that's crept into his game. And I don't know why he's switched off. I don't, I don't understand what's going on there, to be honest. I think he's either A, carrying an injury, and he has to play through it, just because we haven't got anyone else who can play through it, or quite simply B, head's been turned. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Because the Dan Happy we know doesn't make these mistakes. Come on, let's yeah. be honest. Let's be honest. So, yeah, really disappointing. I think had this been earlier in the season, I think Dan Happy might have been given his marching orders I'm surprised no cards came out at all. I'm, it looked like it could have been a red last man, bring him straight down, nothing given. So, won't complain about that one. Upstep George Boyd, very experienced player. Uh, he took a decent penalty, but Lawrence Vigrew dived low, made a brilliant save to keep the game nil-nil. Yes, he absolutely did. Um, I thought that was an absolutely outstanding save from Lawrence Vigarou. He's gone, he's a big guy, Lawrence Vigarou, and he's got down nice and quick and sharp and, and saved that very, very well. Very, very well indeed. Very good save. He was also, he was also congratulated by his yes. teammates, Paul, upon he, saving that penalty. So thank you to Usisa, who obviously listened to last week's podcast. And Joe Widdowson. And Joe Widdowson. <laughs> yeah, they clearly listened to what we said. It's only right, though. The guy's made an outstanding save. It would be just the same as if someone had scored a goal. 
you'd go over and congratulate them, wouldn't you? It's literally the same difference. So I don't get why you wouldn't go up to the guy and say thank you or well done. Do you know what I mean? I, love, I don't I get love it. I love that still isn't going up to thank most people. Yeah. In the 27th minute, Brophy made space. He had a shot from the edge of the box. Haladki spilled the ball. I mean, he saved it. I think, you know, the ball came out. Connor Wilkinson was trying to rush in there, but Haladki, very good keeper at this level, got there before Connor Wilkinson did. So chance was gone. Yeah, that was um, that he was he was brave there that keeper because if players rushing in he he could have got caught, uh, but he's put his put himself in harm's way there the keeper he's done very very well to stop Connor getting there first. Three minutes later, Louis Dennis did well, got a cross in. Wilkinson's header was stopped by Haladki, who seemed to be having the game one of the best games of his career probably. No, it's a good keeper, mate. Won the Golden Glove, 24 clean sheets. Much better than League oh, 2. Right, yeah. Much better than League 2. So, Salford eventually took the lead in the 42nd minute. Has got had a shot from roughly 25 yards out. He hit it. It wasn't the cleanest of strikes. Had, didn't really have much pace on it either, no. but the ball bobbled just over the palm of the on-diving Lawrence Vigaru. Hit the corner of the net. And it was 1-0 to Salford. Yeah, terrible goal to concede. Bit of a daisy-cut-in shot, that one, I think. And again, no one closing him down. Not a single Orient shirt near the guy to put a block on, to put him off, to stop it, to to just be a nuisance and be in the way. And it's a terrible goal to concede. Lawrence is going to be disappointed with that one. I don't blame him particularly. I mean, it's just bobbled over his over his palm and you can't legislate for that but the fact is that no one in front of him stopped it and that's what's shameful yeah not good not good from a defensive point of view or keeping point of view when Gotts actually strikes it he actually turns away to, to run back into his fullback position because he knows he hasn't stru- stru- struck it very well and then you kind of see him look and like raise his arm when it goes in in terms of like bloody hell, how did that go in so yeah. really disappointing so two minutes of injury time were played Hector had a chance didn't hit the target and the ref brought the half to an end with the O's trading by goal to nil. Richie J. Bourne tweeted us at half-time and said, how many times has Happy been dispossessed, been caught on the wrong side of a player, not got the second ball and given away a penalty? More times, Richie, than it should have happened, to be fair. Yeah, good point. Ian Hutchison, 08, had had enough. It's a load of whistle now, please, ref. I think we have all seen enough for one season. I reckon our passion and flight have already gone on holiday <laughs> there were no changes for the O's at half time and just five minutes into the second half Salford doubled their lead as a cross came in the ball fell kindly to Asante Thomas who from close range tapped the ball past Lawrence Vigaru to make it 2-0 another defensively poor goal to concede I mean I hate I hate singling out Sam Ling because I think he gets a lot of undue um stuff thrown his way just for being some yeah. the director of football but I think in this case I think if say sounding you have to be doing a bit better there but once Asante got the ball easy finish 2-0 and at that point you're like game over let's just, let's just finish it now yeah I mean you could be spot on that could have been Sam's men Sam's man but there was Sam was there with two two Salford players so I don't know that 100% that that was Sam's fault I think there was someone else to blame there as well maybe Tunji um, but again, we're just sort of looking yeah. for finger pointing here. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of it, though, does it? Because we had nothing to play for. Salford were already a goal up. Like it doesn't really matter, does it? No, I mean it's, at this point, Salford knew they weren't going to um, go up because of other, other 
kind of results, you know, getting in their way. But they're still playing for the shirt. It seems to be more than what our players were doing. And in the 56-minute first substitution, a double substitution, as Louis Dennis and Joe Willison came off and were replaced by Ruel Sotiriou and Danny Johnson. A third change took place eight minutes later as Craig Clay came on and replaced Oos Cisse. Yeah, and it was game over two minutes later as Asante Thomas grabbed his second goal of the game to put Salford 3-0 up as he picked up a ball just inside his half on the left-hand side. He cut inside Sam Ling, danced around a few of the Orient players along the way, took a shot that went into the far corner past Lawrence Vigarou and made it 3-0. Lovely. <laughs> We're obviously discrediting that goal to a certain extent because had that been an Orient player, we would be raving about it. However... Just another example of how poor the defending has been over the last couple of weeks. So we don't really want to give the credit um, it deserves because it's a decent goal, but horrific defending if you're looking at it from that perspective, which we obviously are as Orient fans. Yeah, and clearly none of the players really care that much because otherwise he would have been stopped by at least three of them. Um, And and that would have been probably a booking of some sort as well. But you took one for the team. No, not going to do that. Let him just dance through and score. Fast forward then to 71 minutes then and Asante Thomas should have had a hat-trick as he got through one-on-one with Lawrence Vigarou who did well to save his shot. The ball fell to Henderson whose shot was wide of the target. Good save there from Vigarou. If that goes in and it comes 4-0 at 71, you could have been looking at a 5 or 6 there easily. But thankfully, Vigarou saved it. So let's fast forward into the 85th minute and the O's made their fourth and fifth substitutions of the game. They gave two footballing debuts to youngsters, Matt Young and Jaden Sweeney. So well done to those chaps as they replaced Hector Kiprianu and Connor Wilkinson. The final few minutes of the final game of 2021 season were played out with nothing else worth noting as the referee brought the game and the season to a close as Orient slumped to their fourth defeat on the trot to end what has become a very miserable season. And obviously not so miserable Southstand chums who are still always smiling throughout all the ups and downs of the season. So Joby McEnough did give a post-match interview. It was a very busy post-match period that obviously we'll come on to. Joby McEnough's interview uh, with David Dutt is on the club's YouTube channel. It's three minutes long. So if you want to check it out, I mean, there's not much point really given everything that's happened in the last <laughs> couple of hours. But it is there if you want to watch it. To be fair, Joby, very disappointed. He didn't really kind of hold his tongue back. Still very professional in the way he comes across. But you could tell he was very disappointed in that performance. So that meant the league table, that loss, um, sees us remain in 11th place and finish the League 2 season in 11th. And having now played all 46 fixtures, we've won 17 of them, we've drawn 10 of them and lost 19 of them. We've got a minus 2 goal difference, which is very disappointing, and a 61 points on the board. So my views after that, I've got really no more words to describe how utterly disappointed I am with how this season has ended from the performances uh, that the players have put in. I think it's nothing short of uh, of shameful on their part. Uh, whatever's going on, I don't know, but um, it doesn't look like there's a togetherness. It doesn't look like there's cohesion. It didn't look like there was any form of um, teammate-esque uh, attitude 
uh, going on to something's gone terribly, terribly wrong um, in our last few games, really. Um, you know, we move on to the summer now. Nice break from all this negativity, which is doing none of us any good. Um, I think uh, it, it where we've not been able to be in stands and go to games and those that go to the all the away games etc. There's no getting it out in the pubs or on the trains home after. So there's no like dealing with it and then sort of moving on to enjoy the rest of your weekend or the rest of your week. Um, it's very much it, it kind of sits with you and you sit on social media and uh, and whatnot and it kind of manifests and it just grows and grows and grows. And I think that. Uh, just very pleased now that that is now the last game of the season, personally. Um, but I think the players ought to, you know, really look at themselves long and hard because they're, you know, going to be looking for contracts at new clubs soon, and uh, you know they're going to be asking other people for references, other fellow pros, and about attitudes and and all that kind of stuff about how they are. And and if people are saying no, well, he's not a good guy in the in the locker room, in the changing room then players are potentially going to be missing out on on opportunities because, you know, people do that, don't they? You know, it's not just about their record on the pitch, it's about what they're like as a human being out of it. And Russell Slade said in in his interview uh, recently um, that it was very much the 13-14 season was very much about the togetherness of the squad and how they'd hang around together and go around each other's houses and hang around the... Um, training ground after training had, had happened he'd have to kick him out and so on so yeah it's um that was a brilliant interview uh, to be fair uh, to like to to the lowdown boys they did very very well uh, russell's a great character anyway but you know it, it's that kind of stuff that that, that these players are probably going to struggle with in in the future you know when they're moving on is he a good guy in the dressing room and some of it's probably not going to come out very nicely for some of them. But anyway, I'm I'm kind of going off on different tangents there. But my general view of that that it doesn't really matter. No one really cared enough, and it it showed and was reflected in the performance and the scoreline. Yeah, disappointing again to a disappointing season. Really, I was hoping you know we'd, we'd go through it a bit more and try and get out on a high, but obviously didn't happen. We've spoken about happy. You know, I don't know what's happened. We're happy. I've got my assumptions. I guess we'll see what happens with him, but. Interesting, you know, if the if the players knew that Joby wasn't being kept on, or you know, or did they even care at that point? And it seems like most of them had their thoughts on the summer holiday. So very disappointing, and you know, it's a disappointing way to go out in an orange shirt for some of those players who obviously will be leaving the club. So not much to say from us or from me, um, but lots going on on our social media accounts. So those were our views, as well as coming up to your views as we had a a large amount of feedback after this match so thanks to everyone who has sent their views in they came into our social media accounts and again just because we read them does not mean we agree with them so big ads lofc our sponsor tweeted us at the full-time whistle and said the only people who can actually take credit this season is the club's marketing department everybody else should be ashamed of themselves we are an embarrassment in my opinion chef kent one said how do you sum that up the words embarrassing, frustrating, disappointing, pathetic and awful all spring to mind. There's no fight, there's no passion and no willing to experiment. Gus Chiumensi said four losses in the last four. Not good enough. That was very much Panjobi, but that just doesn't cut it. We need change. John W999 said flaccid, flaccid, empty performance, lacking any character or pride. 
need fresh blood on and off the pitch. And unfortunately, Joby was out of his depth and it showed in the last couple of months. The only energy came when Sweeney and Young came onto the pitch. New team, please. Paul LT, two piece. If that shows me change from top to bottom, on the basis of smaller squads next season, even those with contracts need to be moved on. The team have gone backwards, devoid of ideas, and we seem to have lost the ability to even pass to each other. David Reichard, 80, said that was quite possibly the worst performance this season. However, I will stupidly, I will be stupid. <laughs> I will be stupidly excited come August, won't we all, David? It will be quite interesting to see what happens over the next few week, days, and weeks. Trousers Technos, why did I bother? Fewer the players did. Young Sweeney accepted when they came on. I think I was supposed to say excelled when they came on. No inspiration or change of tactics from the coaching team in a dead rubber match. Can I only presume there's going to be a wholesale changes going forward as most do not seem bothered. Glad it's over. Linda Perrett, 186, said the stubbornness of the coaching team to persist with a system that creates so few chances throughout a whole season is baffling. And that's the underlying fundamental point that no change was made to try and find a system that suited. And that is the absolutely most shocking part of all of this Joby had a chance to come in and do something completely different and didn't and just carried on so it goes back to my original point is why get rid of Ross in the first place yeah interesting one interesting one Orion underscore Ed said if ever the cliche going out of a whimper applied to anything then our performance showed it completely no desire no pride no passion no fight the only positive was how well Young and Sweeney did when they came on should have come on at half time. Yeah, Simon underscore J underscore Mill said, I don't see the season as if fa- as the failure many do. 11th in the second season is improvement. Hard without fans, etc. 20 other, three other teams all trying to do the same and to win too. Joby is a gent and wish him all the best. New manager, keep the best seven or eight players, new faces and hope for progress. That's a fair point as well, isn't it? Yeah, very fair point. Charlie Chaz, 82. So looking at the comments, you'd think we've been relegated. Why is 11th and being in the top half of all season such an embarrassment? What were we expecting? We finished 17th last year, flirted with the bottom, and I see this as steady progress. Everyone has gone mental. Yeah, dear Stu said, an absolute turgid display. There's no fight, there's no bottle, and we were still passing it sideways and backwards, even when we were 3-0 down. It's going to be a very interesting postseason and one that I'm excited to see the outcome. I want my Orient back. Don't we all, yes. Mr. Hebron? And the final word, not the final tweet, but the final word of this episode goes to the tipping Tim, who sent us this frankly quite ingenious tweet. He said, I once went to a tapas bar and once did and ordered the chicken livers. They came rare, but for some reason I ate them anyway and I was appallingly ill for two weeks. That tenor of food felt like better value than the tenner I spent on this match. <laughs> don't know if you got good value in your tapas bar, but it certainly had the effects for two weeks. So do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out? Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook. You can email us as well if you're not on social media. It's not a problem. We are orientoutlook at outlook.com. So now is the time, before we come on to anything else, to give you the results 
of the Design Cadbury Prediction League. So the Prediction League that we've been doing for the last couple of years is sponsored by Design Cadbury, who specialise in company branding, advertising, print, digital and logo design, and they offer all Orient fans a brilliant 15% off so if you're interested in that you can find james on social media he's at design cadby on twitter facebook and instagram or you can email james at hello at so there were quite a few correct predictions um for this one the most do you know what this was the most exciting thing coming up to half past five a kickoff because i knew we were going to lose but there was still a chance that the the league was going to go one way. So it was actually quite exciting if you're a Sado like me. So well done to Alb5399, to Orient Meat Pie, to Steve White LOFC, to Kid Sampson O and Jason Kilby 6, who all predicted the correct result. So they got three points, meaning that we do have an outright winner for this year's Prediction League. So ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the Orient Outlook Prediction League 2020-21 season is... It goes to David Landau, 17, points. So well done to David Landau. David, we will send you a DM in the week uh, congratulating you maybe with a prize. Dan Alton, 2590, finished second. So the reason why this was exciting is that Dan Alton wins for 3-1 to Salford. So had we scored in the last minute and had his predicted scorer got a goal, he would have taken four points and would have overlapped David but wasn't to be so Dan Alton finishes second and in joint third place John Band 6306-5473 Rob MCC 68 Steve White LFC and Wadsey so thanks to everyone who sent their predictions in at any time during the season we get so many during um pre-match it amazes me i'm sure it amazes the bearded legend it's incredible so thanks to everyone who sent their predictions in and made the pre-match periods more entertaining for it absolutely and Dan fair play to you mate you were at the top of that leaderboard for a good few weeks and uh, it's no mean feat to uh, to to to, to um, predict the correct score never mind guessing the scorers as well so well done to everybody uh, who took part in that uh, just after six o'clock then uh, the club put out a statement regarding the managerial position confirming that the club are currently undertaking a process to source a new first team manager to lead the club into the 2021-22 season, thanking Joby for his efforts in the process. The statement also read that the club's search for a replacement manager will focus on candidates with experience in management at both League 2 and League 1 level as they undertake a programme of rebuilding the squad with the ambition of achieving promotion next season. Now, Mr Nussbaum, what do you make of that? I was. There were obviously rumours coming out that um, Joby's time as interim manager was coming to an end, but I, I was surprised at how quickly that statement came out. That literally came out very shortly after the full-time whistle had gone, and it's a very, it's a very strong statement that one, and it's one full of intent. Cards are on the table there from the board. The statement mentions promotion next season, so that's clearly what they're going for. They clearly want to go up, so. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a hell of a ride next season. But for me, I think you mentioned Star Wars before, and I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, but it feels like we're now on the Orient journey. We're at the end of Empire Strikes Back, so we've done Episode Four: New Hope and getting promoted. Empire Strikes <laughs> Back is all the bad stuff coming back to 
Horn Orient and the struggles we've had over the last two years. And we're now at that point where we need to make decisions about how we take it forward. So we're like a young Luke Skywalker who's now trying to find his way to to complete his Jedi. And that is Leighton Orient now trying to get out of League Two. So I was impressed with that statement. And you've got to think, and we'll obviously come to it very shortly, that they're, they're going to have to get a very, very decent, experienced manager in. It's going to have to be more an Edinburgh than a Davis, this one. And I just hope that they get this right. Bid legend, your, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, I th- I mate, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know my Star Wars that well, to be honest with you, to, to be able to add to what you've just said. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they've put this out there, glad that this is, this is what's going to happen. It's, it's utterly, utterly needed. I don't think you'll find anyone that will argue against that. It's not worked out for Joby, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's right that we look for a, a new direction now, absolutely spot on, and it's good. Yeah, uh, we, we heard this, this rumour um, that, that Martin was interviewing uh, some managers already, so, you know, it's good that that process got underway. I, I understand that Joby had been told about this sort of midweek, in the middle of the week, and um, yeah, that must have been a little bit gutting for him to hear. Um, but um, yeah, but it's good that the club are being proactive as always. Let's see, let's see how this one turns out. And no doubt there'll be people that would not want the person that they actually end up applying, uh, the, uh, appointing. Um, and no doubt there'll be people that'll be pleased with it. You're never going to find someone that's going to please everybody all the time. So let's just hope that they find the right person that's got the right attitude, the right credentials, and the right ability. Um, to uh, to bring together a group of players that are going to basically fight for the badge and um, and, uh, and and help us move up either into the playoffs or into promotion automatic. It'd be lovely to do another automatic, wouldn't it? I, mate, I'll take it anyway. It comes to be honest with you, I would take it anyway. It comes. So obviously, lots of tweets came into us once that statement had gone out. Orion Meat Pie makes a great point. So how can Leighton Orient be serious about an overhaul without addressing the director of football? Far more mistakes and successes, and it's time to clear house. He should not be part of the new managerial appointment process. So there were a few tweets alluding to the same thing. This is a very big chapter now, I think, for Martin. I disagree with that, though. Him to find I do disagree right with that. Person. Um, I I do in 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 to, to an extent because yes okay Martin's job is to run uh, behind the scenes that you know the first team in a sense of bringing in the right players that the manager wants bringing in the right manager when appropriate but otherwise it's a chairman's job to do that and if Nigel was doing that and he'd got these appointments wrong would people be demanding that he's not part of the process? Would people be demanding that he doesn't have input into who the new manager is? Because a lot of the people that are running football clubs are not ex-football managers or ex-players. So their knowledge of football isn't necessarily where it needs to be. Whereas Martin's got that now, some insight. And granted, OK, I know what people are thinking. Well, hold on a minute, Paul. He's appointed... He's appointed Steve Davis, he's appointed Justin Edinburgh, he appointed Steve Fletcher, and he's appointed Ross and Joby on interim basis. So there's five managers there, um, and, and only really one of them has worked. So he's got like a 20% hit rate. But I don't know that many... Uh, you can only have four go up each season, so there's only going to be four out of 24 that are going to be happy 
in a season. So I, I don't get this constant sniping at, at, at Martin Ling. I, I just don't understand how it would be any different given the examples that I've just given versus a chairman at, at a football club doing it, you know? Um, but, it's not, but, but it's not on Nigel Travis Paul. It's on Martin Ling. So let me... So Martin, Martin Ling does a lot of good work. I'm not debating that. But... Martin Ling will be judged ultimately as the director of football by fans, rightly or wrongly, on the, A, the plays he brings into the club yeah. and B, the manager he appoints. It doesn't matter what Martin Ling does with a ladies team, doesn't matter what he does with a training ground, behind the scenes, anything. All fans will look at is the quality of player Martin Ling brings in True. and the manager he appoints. Martin Ling could, could let the, the training ground collapse but as long as he gets his appointment right and we go up, no, no fan's going to criticise him. Mm. But I think it's a big, big time for Martin Ling. Mm. A, a massive... for Maybe not. Maybe Nigel and Kent are 100% happy with him, but from his fan perception, this is a very, very big appointment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a, a one in five ratio isn't, isn't great, and I'm not saying that it is, but I just don't get the constant sniping... Um, uh, about it but I, I take your point I, I do get it Casey Adams LOFC said what a statement from Nigel Travis we have all called for someone with football league managerial experience to take us forward minus the experiment that didn't work looking forward to seeing what the actions are to this statement Charlie underscore Paul said the big part of this statement is the club search for a replacement manager will focus on candidates with experience and management level at both league two and League One level that yeah that is the key part of that because it yeah. rules out certain certain names who are being banded about instantly. Yeah, the authentic gas said I'm really excited for the future. New manager coming in, big rebuilding job to be done. The owners that want promotion, a busy summer ahead. And if you can't get excited by that, then something is wrong with you. Um, fair point, Gaz. Fair point there, mate. So there's a lot of people being spoken about by the betting companies at the moment. We're not going to name every single one. Uh, Matt Roper was one. I think he's a hundred to one with Bet, Bet Victor. So lump on. I know why that is. That's because when uh, he got himself on on the list um, under previous regime, somehow got himself on there, and the, the betting company have just literally rehashed their list from about four years ago and put him on there, which is very, very silly. So, yeah, like you said, Paul, lots of names being banded about. As a few I want to I want to ask you about, and you can just say yes or no, and uh, because I, I think some are utter tosh, and I think there's probably legs in some of them. One that I don't think will happen, but is at the top of most betting sites, and I think will never happen, is Mark Cooper. Not if, a chance, right? If he, If he gets the job... If he's appointed, I'm not renewing. There's no point in going any further in this because there's no way, there's not a chance in hell Nigel Travis would appoint him. What about Richie Wellens? Yeah, there seems to be a lot of love for Richie Wellens in a couple of the WhatsApp groups that I'm in and, and I've seen a few on social media as well. Yeah, I, he didn't do great at Salford. Uh, obviously in his time there was he given enough time he certainly would have been given enough resources they've got plenty of cash up there um, yeah jury's out I mean I don't really know enough about him to say yay or nay Steve to be honest with you um, and there's a few others on there that as well that you just know you know like Sol Campbell no um, oh, well, you're, you're rushing ahead so Richie Wellens for me wouldn't be a bad appointment I, I would take Richie Wellens if, if he was on the table what about 
a name that is getting banded around quite a lot, Neil Ardley. So he took Wimbledon up a couple of years ago and had not the best of spells at Notts County after that. Neil Ardley? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. He fits the bill. Young, up and coming. Uh, been managing, managed for six years, didn't he, at, at Wimbledon. So he's not... You know, he's got, I say up and coming, that's probably not the right way of looking at it when he's had six years of experience. But, you know, yeah, he's got a promotion and a relegation on his on his, uh, on his his CV. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I'd be open-minded to him. Kenny Jackett. So Kenny Jackett is an ABN band. I can't see it. I would like it. I can't see it. 100% agree with you. I, I'd love for someone like Kenny Jackett to come to us. I've seen him at Orient actually watching some games, whether that's on scouting or as a guest or an invitation by someone um, upstairs, I don't know. But yes, 100% Kenny Jacket would be a favourite for me. Agree, I think that would get fans buzzing. Sol Campbell is a no, and I can't ever see a circumstance where he would get the job. Agree. I wouldn't want him there either. No. John Sheridan, absolute no from me. Done a terrible job at Swindon. He's been on the merry-go-round. Not for me, John Sheridan. Paul Tisdale? Yeah, jury's out for me on him. He's, you know, We know what he's done at Exeter, that he's not been able to, either he's not been given the time or he's not just not been good enough at, at the other clubs that he's, that he's worked at. I mean, I know he's done some, everyone was going all garrity about him being a consultant at, at uh, Colchester United. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what his ambitions are and, and you know, if he sees us as sorry to use his word, as a project to get us out the league and up into League One. I, I don't know, you know, with resources that we'll probably provide him, he he could potentially do a very good job for us. Um, but again, I, I don't know. I'll keep an open mind to him as well. I would take Paul Tisdale in a heartbeat. I would mm. take Tisdale. I think he'd have something to prove. A name who I don't think will come, and I don't think he'll even be discussed, is Ian Holloway, who's appeared on a few websites. Can't see Ian Holloway after Grimsby. Well, that was a bit of a poor show up at Grimsby, wasn't it? There was a lot going on behind the scenes. I mean, they announced that he he wasn't just the manager. I thought he was some sort of investor up there or something as well. He made it was made out to be that he was more than just the manager. He had a vested interest in that club. So I don't know what's happened, how that came about, and what's gone wrong. But yeah, I I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know about Ian Holloway. There's two. He's a big name. He's a big character. Lovely man. Great character, great personality. I just don't know about him. There'd be a massive. There'd be. I think there'd be a lot of questions that you'd, you'd ask about him versus a Paul Tisdale, for example. I think it'd be a great ride, but I just, I just can't see it. I can't see it. What about um, Phil Parkinson? So we spoke about Phil Parkinson when um, Fletcher got the job, and Phil Parkinson obviously went to a much bigger club in Sunderland. Things didn't work out for him. Got let go very early mm. this season. If Phil Parkinson is available and is interested, snap him up. I think. Yeah, I mean he's he's been down this way because he he, he um, you know he managed Colchester and he's managed Charlton so he's not someone that wouldn't necessarily come down here but yeah I mean he's he, he sort of left Bolton and then went to Sunderland um, and he didn't stay there very long you know he was he was only there what 12-13 months so what's his win rate average 39% at Sunderland 31 at 31 at Bolton 36 at Bradford Potentially, yes. He would probably make a shortlist for me. 
I would take him if available. What about Neil Harris? I mean, I can't, I can't see it. He's, he's managed two clubs at Championship level. Last club was Cardiff. Can't see it. Yeah, can't see it either. Okay, I guess that one rules that one out. And Chris Powell again. I would, I'd quite like him, Orion, but I can't see it happening. Agree. Fine. Okay. Any other names on that? We're obviously running off a list on the sack race, which is available online. Go and have a look down the list of names. There's lots on there. There's lots we haven't mentioned because lots don't have League One and League Two experience, and some are just outrageous that we won't mention. Uh, Bit of legend. I think that covers everyone who we probably wanted to speak about, unless you've got a yeah. name inside your head. No, I mean look, Phil Brown's on that list as well. He's just gone down with Southend, um, but he got on playing some good football. You know, he got them playing well, and he got he got the their tails up. So I don't know. I don't know if you give him that chance, but there's a lot of names on there that that you just wouldn't even you wouldn't even uh, you t- you give them the courtesy of a reply, but it wouldn't be a you know it'd be a thank you, but no thank you kind of thing. So no, I agree with you. So let's move on then. Okay, let's do it then. So after that statement went out, another statement followed from Joby McEnough. He put out a statement just after eight pm via social media thanking the fans it was quite a long um, statement I probably read out like the last part of it which I thought was really nice he said finally a massive thank you to those late United fans who have supported me as a player coach and as a manager most have been fantastic and that will always be greatly appreciated I think this is the key point I said when I came back here that during my first spell at the club you didn't see the best of me and I didn't see the best of you I'd like to think that over the last four years we've now been able to see the best of each other. And I think that probably sums that up perfectly. Yeah, I think I think that does. I think that's quite a nice statement there from him. Um, so what are your views on, on JB then, Steve? I think you just have to congratulate him as being a, you know, a fantastic servant to the club during during both periods really. I know, you know, he had his troubles during the first the first period, but in terms of the second period he, his influence in that National League season can never be underestimated um, and you know his opportunity in management I think we, I think eyebrows were raised by everyone when he was given interim manager job probably just far too soon for him same as Ross I think I think they both just I think in this league with this group of players they needed someone experienced to take them forward and, and the decisions that have been made recently weren't, weren't right but Joby will learn from it and Joby McEnough will have no problems in the future. Whether he wants to go into coaching, whether he wants to go into punditry, Joby McEnough will be absolutely fine. He'll be able to step into whatever industry he wants to step into. He, he will have enough contacts in football that if he does want to be serious about coaching, he'll be able to get into the coaching setup of one of his former clubs or you know a club a club that's close to his heart. So, be interesting to see what actually happens with Joby. But you know, a great servant, a great servant to the club and. Again, we spoke about how sad it is that these players won't get the respect and send-off they deserve. Another one for yeah. me in that list is Joby McEnough. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. It'll, I'll always be grateful for Joby as a player because of what he did to help us back into the Football League. Can't be underestimated. And as he said, we never saw anything of him in his first stint with us. He was treated absolutely appallingly by the previous owners. It's shameful how they treated him. Um, he played a vital role, scored some fantastic goals to help us. I wasn't sold on him as a manager um, after giving him an opportunity. Uh, I kind of feel it's tainted his legacy slightly, uh, unfortunately. But nonetheless, it will never be taken away that he has a winner's 
a, a National League winner's medal with us and he, he helped us to cement ourselves in, in League 2, not only this season but also last season. So I'll be forever grateful because he always tried his hardest, he always did his best, even if it didn't quite go to plan. So thank you very much, Joby. You're, you're an absolute diamond in that regard. So following Joby's statement, we had a few tweets, as you'd expect, come into us. Chris Kane underscore 1992. This is a great sermon to the club. Easily could have stayed away after the Italian era, but the class of the man showed. Wish him all the best for the future. Absolute top man. Yeah, David BR103552627 said, Thanks for everything, Joby. Overcoming the clown, the clown, the previous owner, era, and becoming a hero. Good luck for whatever may happen in your future. One, Adam Conway. So the class player and a class person, how he conducted himself during the previous era. Will will forever be grateful to Joby. Will undoubtedly have a big career in coaching or punditry, but clearly the board realised the time for experience and know how is now the way forward. Big appointment. Alf Woonton, 96, said, Thank you for being the captain of Leighton Orient. Me and my dad were very lucky to watch the title winning season. Wishing you all the best. Boats, it's a class act on and off the pitch. I would still have Joe be the player for another season. Ben, hold your horses. Wait about five minutes. We're going to come on to that in a minute. Wadsey, sorry, Wadsey says, A true professional and great servant to the club who rightfully has a place in Orient history. After the appalling treatment he received from the previous regime, good luck in everything you do. You'll be missed. Lorraine, 598 said, what an amazing role model. He will be sorely missed. Maybe the managerial role came too soon, but Phil, he still has a lot to offer. Taser Jr. said, still the best player I've seen play in the National League and League Two, even at his age. As a manager, he was given not a lot of time and not a lot of chance with the squad he had. Wouldn't be where we are without his return, in my opinion. Fair comment, that. Yeah, good comment. George Nicholas, underscore one, says, Thank you for everything, Joby. A true gent, a hard worker, a leader, talented and loyal servant to the club. You can't wish for a better captain. And I wish him the best in whatever he does. Would have loved to see him remain at the club in some capacity. Yes, and to finish the day, Tristan Abrahams tweeted the following as his loan spell came to an end. My return home didn't plan out how I wanted it to, but I enjoyed my time nonetheless. Wishing the club all the best, and I hope it gets back to where it belongs. I mean, it's a difficult one, really, because he was never really given the chance. He, he made a few subs appearance and a few starts, I think, but always kind of on the left, the left forward mm. side. So... Didn't really have much going from down down the middle. I think he played like one or two games there, but wasn't wasn't really what you would call a success story. Didn't have the desired impact anybody would hoped for. And yeah, I'd be very surprised if he ends up back at Brisbane Road in the summer. Can't see it. No, I, I, I can't unfortunately either, but I bet he wished he'd stayed at Newport now as they've got into the playoffs. I hope he settles at a new club next season or if he's going to stay at Newport I don't know I I believe it was his choice to go out on loan uh, rather than the club wanting him to leave but um, yeah I I hope uh, Tristan's uh, future is bright and I hope he has plenty of options to choose from yeah good good point well made so that finishes off Saturday the 8th of May a very busy Saturday a much quieter Sunday 9th of May but there was some big news today as in the early evening the club announced that Joby McEnough's Retirement 
from the game. So he is retired now as a player. They put up a great montage video and Joby took to social media soon after as he posted the following message. He said, the time has finally come to announce my retirement from the game. It's been an absolutely amazing journey, moments and memories that will last a lifetime. I'm so grateful for every single one of them. Thank you to everyone who has supported me along the way. So that is it. Joby not only leaves as a manager, he also leaves as a player. So for me, it's a shame. You know, could he have played on for another year potentially? I mean, the performances, especially at the beginning of the season, he was amazing. Carried the team. Mm. He was carrying the teams at points in January before he became into a manager. So, you know, Joby will know his own body. So if that's what he feels is the right time to do in terms of retiring, then you have to say fair play to him. But I think I've already said, you know, he won't be short of offers. Whatever he wants to do next, he'll be able to do. Maybe we will see him at the club mm. in some capacity. I mean, you look back on, on some of the goals that the club have put up, the, the one away to Portsmouth where he bends it into the far corner. Mm. I think from his first spell, the free kick against Bromley, scoring a double at Harrogate, scoring an absolute pole driver, I think at home to Yeovil when the phones came out, you know, back in back a few years ago. He scored some very special goals for, for Leighton Orient will always be yeah. remembered and his influence since being back in the football league is absolutely huge I think I I remembered saying this time last season that I wasn't sure if we should sign him for another year but doing that was absolutely the right thing to do because we saw the quality this season you know he, he was nominated for about three or three I think three out of the six goal of the season nominations that we spoke about last week would Joe be Mack enough you know mm. three kicks against Bolton a lob against Plymouth so he's still clearly very capable no, hundred percent agree with you. I think that's absolutely right. He um, he he's been an absolutely fantastic, fantastic footballer. He's had all of the um, all of the highs that you'd want as a footballer. Um, you know, he's he's played at the highest level. He's played on the international stage as well. I think you know. I, I feel remember specifically. I think it was when he, we played Plymouth in the EFL Cup and he sprinted after the ball and he beat the left back to it and I remember someone saying someone telling us that it had been overheard that the manager of the manager was rollicking that player for allowing Joby to get to the ball or or to do something or get the cross in whatever it was I can't remember I can't cast yeah, my mind back yeah yeah, it was that one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so you know, I, 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 lead, leading into my point that I, th I think I think it'd been great if he could have played another year. He looks after himself clearly on and off the pitch. What's he? Thirty nine years old, and um, you know what he does all the right things, and that's crucial for longevity. But um, you know, he knows his body. He knows what he wants to do next. He knows where he's going. He knows what his journey is. He'd have sat down and thought about it for long enough. So no, good luck to him. Good luck in retirement. You've had a, an outstanding and stellar career. He's played in all four, five, all five, five leagues, hit four professional and the non-league, and um, he's played against Lionel Messi. So there aren't too many players on the international stage that are going to be able to to claim that. So fair play to him. We had a few tweets yeah. after that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Obviously, the bulk of those came on Saturday. We had a few following today's announcement. Mark Ros oh seven four eight seven one zero three said. We are going to regret not letting him build his own squad. Martin Ling or Joby, I know whose judgment I would take. So I guess that's more in relation to him leaving as a manager, but obviously still feeling the, the side effects of yesterday. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne said, All the praise for Joby, the player and the man are fully deserved. Don't forget how badly he was treated by the circus in the old regime. 
but stayed professional. Fantastic point to end on. Fantastic. So let's wrap this up and I presume about an hour, 10 minutes. Oh, you Give are bang time. on. One hour, 11. Yep. Lovely, lovely. So fantasy football update. So the Premier League is still going. So so is our fantasy football league on fantasy.premier.com. Elliot Pearce still top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy league. He's on 2,192 points. He's ahead of Cafel Wogan in second place. I'm 66th place out of 295 players, but there's lots of football going on over the next couple of days. So these places, mm. by the time you listen to this, have probably already changed. So we'll give you an update on next week's podcast. Absolutely. And West Brom have just been relegated, so uh, Arsenal won that 3-1 tonight. So if you've got any Arsenal players, you're probably in for a few extra points there. Positives and negatives then. So I'll run with the positives. This, I think one of the positives, it might seem a bit lame, but the season's over now. We can all chill out, all kick back a little bit. Um, the rise of our league position versus last season. So we, we've ended up 11th this season uh, versus 17th last season. So, you know, in, in as a matter of fact, that is an improvement uh, by year-on-year standards. Um, and the statement from the board about our intentions moving forwards, you know, it is promotion, it is with a new management team. Um, so let's see what, uh, let's see how that all pans out. So it's it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, that statement is very clear. And I think next week when we kind of do our season roundup and look to next season I, th- I think we'll probably focus more more on that in terms of what was said so negatives then so two negatives this week first of all was the Salford game just a horrible game really the result the performance everything about it's you know terrible a second negative is slipping into a negative goal difference I think Ross I think it was Ross in particular spoke about how important having a positive goal difference was I think we went into last week's sorry, yesterday's game with a plus one. Lost it 3-0 and finished the season on a minus two goal difference. It's very disappointing. And the last negative that we've spoken about is not being able to give players the send-offs they deserve, notably Joby, Coulson, probably Dayton, as we don't expect Dayton to stay. I'm sure we'll find out, retain this sooner rather than later. So, so sadness there, because again, I think we mentioned it before, those players do deserve to get, to be sent off you know, applauded after what they've achieved with the club. So that leads us on nicely then to Hero of the Week, Mr Levy. It absolutely does. And we're delighted to be able to name a very special uh, select group of people uh, for this, our final Hero of the Week in terms of it being after a league game. So without further ado, we are pleased and proud to announce that our Heroes of the Week this week are... Harry Kane and the marketing department for their fantastic shirt sponsorship. Absolutely outstanding. Again, uh, they are pulling rabbits out of hats here. They really are. Yeah, well done on getting Mr Kane back for the upcoming season. So before we sign off, do not forget for the best plastering and rendering prices around, go and have a look on the AJF plastering website. Go and give them an email or go and find them out on Facebook, Insta, or on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 246. Finally, the season is over and we've been put out of our misery with a limp display and a 3-0 loss at the hands of Salford, who also missed out on the playoffs. And without doubt, one of the strangest seasons we've endured, with our hopes raised throughout several points during the season as we occupied and flirted with the playoff places, then seeing us drop down the league, a managerial change, 
and with the expectation of the playoffs that didn't materialise. We didn't see anything change in terms of the style of play, nor a major upturn in results, but with the club's announcement after the Salford game that a search for a new and experienced manager is already underway, we look forward to a summer revamp of the squad and management, which is already in full swing. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. We've not had one now in a couple of weeks. We're still stuck on 92 reviews and we know there are more than 92 Apple people listening. So if you're one of the 92 who have not reviewed us, get reviewing now. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn or Stitcher. And if you do add us to your favourites or follow us, you'll get all the podcasts uploaded to your devices as soon as they are made available. We are also on all smart speakers. We are also on FanHub, which we've mentioned. So keep an eye on our social media accounts for that. And if you have an older relative, a loved one or an orange chum who you think would like the podcast, grab their phone download the podcast for them or just tell us tell your friends and family all about the orient outlook podcast and pass the pod so even though the season is finished we have one more podcast to do episode 247 next week we'll be rounding off the season giving our thoughts on the season as a whole we'll also be talking about the upcoming week at the o's we do probably expect the retainers to come out at some point and anything that happens we will also cover there so we're back episode 247 next week with all the news views you would ever need so as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast up the O's